0: Would you walk 10 miles on your hands and knees? Would you wrestle with a lion and a grizzly bear? No? Well, maybe you're just not tough enough for these types of activities. This week, we dive into the 1986 hit from the fabulous Thunderbirds, a long-running blues band that scored a surprise hit, thanks in part to it being featured in a Michael Keaton film. The song has since been woven into the soundtracks of our lives, often being used in commercials, movies, TV shows, and blooper reels. And now, Thanks to it being selected by our Patreon members, we're going to twist it off and learn some powerful stuff about the Thunderbirds. One
1: hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And
2: you Live off royalties forever
0: And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder right, Matt, we're going to talk about the Fabulous Thunderbirds. Why are we talking about the Fabulous Thunderbirds today? You just told me this is what we're doing, and I I don't know why. This is your choice, Patreon voted
2: on this. It was one of my choices on the Patreon, but I did not anticipate this being the runaway success that it was. It was like 80% of the vote was on on the Fabulous Thunderbirds. And look, I'm not going to point any fingers. I'm just saying, Tony Hartman did just join the Patreon page. I don't know if he... uh... Loki put in the the death nail vote or what, but it wouldn't shock me. This is a song that I think I've heard in truck
0: commercials or whatever for my entire life. It's one of those songs that just exists.
2: And you know where yeah. I first heard this song actually? Where's that? My grandfather used to have all these sports bloopers tapes mm. that I would watch and this was definitely in like one of the montages of where it was just like dudes getting seriously hurt playing Mm. like baseball, football, hockey, whatever. Right.
0: Yeah, it makes (laughs) sense. Are they tough enough to take the pain of playing professional sports? I get it, Uh, which is not at all what's being sang about in this song.
2: My brain, Chris, was blown when I started to look at the lyrics of this song and I'm like, is this a love song?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a love song about proving how tough the narrator of the song is, the person in the first person perspective, how tough they are. They want to prove how tough they are to win over the person's love. Is that what's going on here? I I
2: guess. But like, you know, like that opening line, right? We're jumping right into the lyrics here. Yeah. Uh, that opening line, I would walk 10 miles on my hands and knees. Ain't no doubt about it, girl. It's you I aim to please. So I feel like it's not... So much I'm trying to prove that I'm manly, but it's like, what whatever obstacle you want to throw in front of me, I I will do it to prove that that I'm that I'm enough for you, um. And it just keeps getting increasingly more ridiculous. Like he'll wrestle a lion and a grizzly bear. Uh, he'll at one point was he will he'll climb the Empire State Building or fight Muhammad Ali. Like
1: yeah.
2: he he's just like I I will do whatever it takes for you to to think. Think that you love me <laughs>
0: ain't that tough enough
2: yeah I'd, I'd
0: put out a burning building with a shovel and dirt and not even worry about getting hurt that's one of the <laughs> toughest things i've ever heard
2: <laughs> um and and this song like this was this was kind of wild because i really didn't know anything about this band i i'm gonna have a sneaking suspicion that this band you know, when we try to like break down like, hey, why why didn't these bands make it? Like what was it? What why why was this the only real big moment for the the Fabulous Thunderbirds? And I'll start here. The name sucks. <laughs> like it's a terrible band name. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know anyone who would proudly like if you were on like OK Cupid, right? And you're mm-hmm. looking at per- someone's profile And their muse under music, they were like, "My favorite band is the fabulous Thunderbirds." I'm I might not be swiping for that
0: person. Yeah, you're not gonna swipe on a Thunderbirds fan. You're not gonna (laughs) swipe on a Thunderbird. Uh, (laughs) Hey, look! But this band, way before Tough Enough, which we have to note is spelled T-U-F-F, (laughs) E-N-U-F-F. I don't know whose decision that was. No but, clue. Uh,
2: I love that the lyrics online, they were like, we are not spelling it like that. Like, like, if you pull up the lyrics, it's spelled the way it should be spelled.
0: I don't really <laughs> understand why that is. Maybe, I don't know if back in what year was this from? 85, 86, something like that. 86. I don't know. When was, when was Enough's H-C-O? Enough
2: a band? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Like, Enough's Enough came along too. It was really cool to spell Enough with an F back then I, I don't know and tough apparently uh well i think what gave this song its big break well before i get into that the band was critically not acclaimed but pretty well received and they were like a band's band like fellow musicians really liked them but their albums didn't really sell well uh, no. they were on chrysalis records eventually got dropped from that but they landed another contract with epic in 1985 and that was before Tough Enough came out.
2: Like, the thing is with this band, like, let's not even glaze over this. This was their hit single in 1986. This band started in 74. Mm -hmm. So that means that this band put 12 years... You will not hear us saying that we don't think this band uh, paid their dues before they got their hit on this episode. Uh, They put in 12 years, and I think it was like six independent albums before before they hit success now the band is still active today admittedly it's only one remaining member the lead vocalist uh kim he's the only one that's still in the band the list of former members on the wikipedia page actually requires scrolling like it is such a long list of past members but they uh the I don't know that much about blues. I feel like you and I have both talked about how like blues is definitely not a genre that we are like super well acquainted with. Like I know blues when I hear it, but like I had to do some research, even just reading on the Wikipedia page, it said like their sound was a mixture of Texas blues and swamp blues. And I'm like, well, I don't know what either of those things mean. (laughs) We don't know the
0: subgenres of blues, everybody. So I looked it
2: up. So Texas blues... Uh, when it was originally started in the early 1900s, had a lot of jazz and swing influence. But like for comparability's sake, like now when someone says Texas blues, they are almost definitely referring to like a southern rock band. Think of like an Almond Brothers or or something in that vein. Mm-hmm. And swamp blues gets its name because it originated in Southwest Louisiana as part of Cajun culture, and it's that more like laid back, slowed tempo, like imagine dudes on a porch like playing guitars style blues. So I guess they blended those two styles together into whatever their genre was. Like you said, they were kind of critically, not quite acclaimed, but they were very well received critically. And like these early albums of theirs before Tough Enough, like while they sold like garbage are now kind of regarded as like very important Blues records in like the grand scheme of of seventies and eighties blues music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did you catch what the name of their third album released in nineteen eighty one was called?
0: Yeah, I was going to come in my game later, but you really don't <laughs> want are You talking about butt rocking,
2: butt rocking. <laughs> so you could say that they are the original butt rock. Band.
0: The original butt rockers. <laughs> they might be the original butt rockers. Might have been a cooler band name. <laughs> Uh Hey, but Tough Enough got its big break, I believe, because it was featured in the movie Gung Ho. Yes, Gung Ho, starring Michael Keaton, directed by Ron Howard. Kind of a low point
2: for both of them, honestly. It's not a great movie.
0: Yeah, I guess (laughs) I had seen this before because I watched the trailer. It was one of those trailers where, I mean, it was the actual theatrical trailer where it shows the entire plot of the movie in the trailer. Like, what's the point of even seeing the movie? I will note, Matt, I don't know if you watched the trailer. Two things about it. One, they're not playing tough enough in the trailer. They are playing, of course, right on the nose, turning Japanese by the Vapors, uh, which mm-hmm. I'm surprised we haven't done that song on this show yet. Uh, and also, there's a moment where they show Ron Howard's brother, our favorite. Oh, uh, Clint.
2: Clint. Clint is <laughs> the in ice The ice cream man himself. Yep. Yep, <laughs> uh, the ice cream man. This movie, this song showed up in a lot of movies, actually. So it was in Gung Ho. It was in The Money Pit. It was in Hannah and Her Sisters. It was in Ruthless People. Uh, It was in The Game Plan with The Rock. It was in episodes of Married with Children and American Dad. And also a film that I didn't know existed until doing research on this, which was Light of Day starring Joan Jett. (laughs) Well,
0: wait a second. Was this song in that?
2: Oh, no. Sorry, you're right. That was a different song. So they wrote... Different song. Yeah, other songs by them... Were fe- that's what I wrote down. Twisted. Other off. songs. Twisted. Yeah. Off other songs by anything. them were featured in Light of Day, Cocktail, and Hot Pursuit with John Cusack. Right.
0: <laughs> well, The Light of Day, I watched the trailer for that as well. Michael J. Fox looks incredible. He has like incredible 80s mullet in that movie. It looks like it's like made for TV. I was surprised that it was. he was starring alongside Joan Jett. I didn't even know Joan Jett acted. I Same. guess I, I learned that Same. now. Uh, yeah, that was twisted off. Uh, that, yeah, that song from uh, Cocktail was a song called Powerful Stuff. <laughs> and uh, the, the song Wrap It Up. Okay, I want to go backwards a little bit. Wrap It Up was on the same album as Tough Enough. And <laughs> they had a music video. It was a very minor hit. It was on Beavis and Butthead. Uh, Mm -hmm. I saw I saw the Beavis and Butthead treatment of it. They really like they figured they had to start a band so that they could have chicks around and score, as they would put it. Uh, They didn't really make fun of it too much, except they did slightly make fun of, which I want to talk about, Kim, who. Yeah. Okay, if the band started in 70. Oh, I saw Kim was born in 51. So by the time the Tough Enough era, let me do the math. He's like in his mid 30s. By the time, maybe early to mid thirties, by the time tough enough hits, but he looks like he's in his fifties. I don't know. He just lo- looks older. This song makes me think of when I hear this song, I think of like a heavyset guy in a tank top with a handlebar mustache and a maybe a PBR baseball cap <laughs> walking in to a place that sells ribs and getting like a big slab of ribs i don't know why that that this song puts that picture in my head but that's just what tough enough makes me think of and i will say that kim later on when he shaved his head like in recent years he looks younger he looks cooler now (laughs) than he did at this time he looks kind of goofy uh at this time he also tended to wear a really funny little hat
2: so I I should also mention, like I said, I knew this song from the bloopers video, mm-hmm. and you know how, I mean, this still happens as adults. Like you swear a song lyric is something else when for for years, um. And there's like the stupid versions that like you hear people talk about. Like I I see a bathroom bathroom on the right. Like there's no human being. On the planet that has listened to Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater Revival and thought it was Bathroom on the Right. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, I thought that the song lyric was toughen up. Like, uh, <laughs> and it was about, like, getting into shape. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. 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 I, I mean, I could see that. I, I wouldn't uh, have guessed in a million years this was a love song for sure. No.
2: I but that, that pay really attention caught me to the
0: verses. pay attention to the verses, which I would have never even really known.
2: So I'm curious if this song only really succeeded because of its appearance in Gung Ho. Like Gung Ho wasn't a massive hit by any stretch of the imagination, but it it did make money. Like it was a it was a 13 million dollar budget. It made 50, uh, 37 million roughly right. in its box office runs. So like who knows? This could be one of those circumstances where it it helped a little bit. Uh, in have the you seen that movie, of by the way? I have. Um, is it?
0: I mean, I can't really remember it, but from the trailer, it looks like it could be semi, maybe more than semi-problematic. It looked like maybe so it was le- making fun of Japanese culture or something. I couldn't really... The trailer did not make it look that great.
2: So there is a... I'll go with this. There's a tab <laughs> on the Wikipedia page for Gung Ho that says Influence. And okay. when you open it, it's a single sentence, and it says Toyota's executives in Japan have used Gung Ho as an example of how not to manage Americans. <laughs> um, okay. So, but my, I never sat down and physically watched it. Let me, let me rewind a little bit. Um, I worked at a video store during college, and we kind of had free reign to put on whatever we wanted, um, as long as it wasn't rated R. And I had a coworker who, for whatever reason, on, like, Saturday mornings, because there was no... Like, this was, like, running a mom-and-pops video store in 2008. It was not a hopping place. So, you could go hours without seeing a customer come in. For some reason, his, like, Saturday morning movie choice was always either Gung-Ho or Empire Records. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I've... Worked with this on in the background <laughs> multiple okay. times, but I do remember even from them being like, "Yeah, this feels like it's kind of dated. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's not great. Um, it's that look. the 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 most negative thing I can say is that I never decided to go buy a copy of it." For my <laughs> massive collection of movies, I need so. a
0: copy of Gung Ho. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was never it was never high on the uh, on the want list. But like, yeah, this song peaked at number ten, pretty solid chart standing, honestly. Um, so peaked at number ten on July twelfth, nineteen eighty six. It was right above Glory of Love from Whoa. Peter Cetera. Yeah, good All ass right. song there. Karate also, Kid two
0: era, Karate Kid two era then.
2: Also in the top ten, keeping in the songs because the the music video is Gung Ho. The music video is footage from Gung Ho, so it right. was like a tie in with the movie. Um, also in the top uh, top ten was another movie tie in with Danger Zone from uh, Kenny Loggins. Oh wow, Top Gun era too. Yeah, and not tied to a movie, but when it's called it out because it's a song, both you and I like would probably rank among the. 20 if not the 10 greatest songs ever written sledgehammer Mm. by peter gabriel uh was in the top 10 at the time wow but hey i was
0: in lancaster recording and this guy joe that we're friends with uh, i know
2: joe uh, joe future (laughs) yeah he used to book his old band
0: Okay, (laughs) he plays in a cover band, and we went to this place where we like to eat there, and his cover band was playing, and they were amazing, and uh, Joe plays drums in his band, and they played Sledgehammer. That's the first time I'd ever seen a band cover Sledgehammer, and they did it, like, flawlessly. It was awesome.
2: Dope. All right, check out this top top five. Okay. Again, we're talking the year of the soundtrack, I guess, because at number five was El DeBarge's Who's Johnny. Oh, yeah. um, From Short Circuit. Yeah, uh, I'm, I feel like El DeBarge counts for a potential one hit Thunder uh, episode. Did he have a second hit? Yeah. Okay. DeBarge had maybe three hits. Okay. Uh, number four, your girl Janet shows up with nasty,
0: and I think that Janet and DeBarge dated at some point. Ah,
2: well, look at that. I, side I, by be, side I I'm pretty
0: sure. I'm pretty
2: sure. Number three was Billy Ocean with "There Will Be Sad Songs."
0: Oh, there'll be sad songs to make you cry.
2: Yeah, good song. Probably my favorite song in the top five, uh, and possibly I'd have to really sit down and think about it, but might be my favorite song by favorite single by this band, Genesis with "Invisible Touch." Oh, yeah,
0: Good <laughs> jam. All it's a great
2: songs. song. Unsung Zeros also do a really good cover of it. True, uh, and then the number one song in America was simply Red's "Holding Back the Years." Okay. Wow, I, think w- I
0: wouldn't have guessed that that would have been a number one song same not, not not only is it
2: number one song it's keeping invisible touch from the number one spot yeah. that's crazy to me
0: interesting good chart though yeah, like, real good charts <laughs> if you're you're an elite company if you are the fabulous Thunderbirds at this time.
2: so did you catch the kind of cool thing that the fabulous Thunderbirds are the first band to ever do? no. So on February sixteenth, two thousand, the Fabulous Thunderbirds were the first band ever to broadcast on the internet using oh. high definition cameras. Right. Okay. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a what a cool thing <laughs> to be the first to ever do. Yeah. Um. And then the compilation DVD, invitation only, is one of the first high resolution multi track recordings of a li- live concert event. So they were they were breaking down barriers yeah okay that's
0: cool i like that i mean i think maybe
2: the only thing i don't like about this band is their music
0: yeah (laughs) i think that that might be what's holding me back from they they seem cool uh you know jimmy vaughn who left the band in 1990 to go make his own solo album it's the brother of
2: stevie ray vaughn stevie ray they they did an album together called family Family affair or family style yeah family (laughs) style
1: (laughs) Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout, plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit fifty and use the code one hit fifty to get fifty percent off. That's code one hit fifty, the words one hit and the number fifty, that is, at factormeals.com slash one hit fifty to get fifty percent off.
1: Hey, one hit thunderers, thunderheads, thunder buns. All right. I'll just go with one-hit Thunder listeners. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song that they have written. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites such as Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurwitz, Up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu, and even some of the artists that have been featured on One Hit Thunder. The show is even produced by One Hit Thunder host Chris Fafalius. What more could you possibly ask for? Krista Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. I guarantee you'll like it, or we'll give you your money back.
2: I mean, the song's a bop. I I actually do like the song. I assume David Grohl also likes the song because the Foo Fighters covered... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who covers it? The Foo Fighters covered it in the Austin City Limits documentary. (laughs) Oh, wow. This is a funny song to cover.
0: (laughs) I I don't know, man. Just something about the... (sighs) Would it make it onto the songs of
2: 86? (laughs) It sounds
0: like a truck commercial. It does. And it's... Like supposed to be rockin', but then when you actually listen to it, it's not all
2: that rockin'. No, <laughs> it's more synthesized than I actually remembered it being. <laughs> like, it, I watched him play on Johnny Carson, and it's funny. If you
0: watch the guy playing the synth th- for most of the song, it's like a two note where it goes like boom, 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 boom. It goes. It just goes on. I'm like, oh my God, is he going to play anything else? Does that all he does the entire song? Because if he does, that's really funny. If you watch the Johnny Carson performance, just pay attention to him. You will see he breaks into song eventually. But man, all he does is bump, 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 bump. Like you can play it with two fingers. It is awesome.
2: You know what? I just remember this. I didn't write it down in my notes, but you mentioning that it's a car commercial I mean, eighty six, man, maybe it was the year of the songs for car commercials because like I said, this was at number ten. number eleven was glory of love. Do you know it was at number twelve? No. Like, like a Bob Seeger Bob Seeger's like <laughs> a
0: rock. <laughs> you know, look, once again, I'm gonna say it. If you decide to sell your song to a commercial, that's great. Get paid. Chances are we're all gonna hate your song once you do that. <laughs> Cause it's like the same thing. Right now, there is this commercial that I always loved Cool Cat by Queen. But now, Matt, have you seen this Amazon commercial they play nonstop with the girl with the mustache?
2: Oh my god, yes. It's before every single like Dude, streaming app that I turn on oh that song. Oh my god, comes
0: on. they've ruined the song. Yeah, it's 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 a commercial now. I loved that song. Now, and and it was like a queen deep cut and they ruined it. Whatever. Queen's getting paid, I'm sure. But that's the price you pay. So you get paid, but you pay a price in that everyone hates your song. (laughs) And that's, I mean, that's how, that's kind of how I feel about Tough Enough. This is a, it sounds like a a jingle to me, you know? Like, And I can't even specifically tell you what, it's definitely been in commercials, right? Yes. Oh, for sure. There's no way it hasn't
2: been. But I agree with you for the most part. Uh, like, I like this band except for their music. Um, that being said, <laughs> I don't think that they're bad musicians. Like, it's like no, they're clearly they're very good at what they do. It's just not a genre of music that I would actively sit down and listen to. But I I do love the song Toughen Up. I am pretty sure that it is strong-ass, uh, rose-tinted nostalgia glasses that make me like this specific song more than, like, actually thinking it's a good song. But I don't know. I just... I always think of that guitar riff after he says tough enough. You know? It's like, Are you tough enough? Tough enough. Yeah. Do, do, do,
0: do. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a pretty iconic song. I just don't know a situation where I would put this song on non ironically.
2: Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to listen to the song for sure. Like Like, this is for ironic value. You're not putting this on at Johnny's pool for everyone to be like, hey, yeah, I love this song, but it's like, haha, that's funny. All right. Put on something for real now, though, Chris.
0: (laughs) All right. So look, Matt, I got to tell you, been getting together a new Punchline album, and I'll tell you, usually the album title becomes apparent during the recording process. Like, Oh, that'd be a good album title, whether it's a lyric from a song or maybe just one of the song titles or just an overall vibe. And during our last recording session, I was like, by the end of this, we have to have our album title. I want to have our album title Mm -hmm. and just, it just didn't come. It didn't come to us.
2: The biodome sleepover didn't make the cut.
0: Biodome sleepover is actually a good album title now that you say that. Um, But, I, that, that made me think that I I looked at the Thunderbirds and their related projects, album titles, and I was like, wow, they really don't overthink it at all. And so I wanted to play a game with you, Matt. Okay. I want to give you an album title and you have to tell me whether it is a Thunderbirds or Thunderbirds related, like a solo project or something. Okay. Album title, or if it's one that I made up. because. Some of these ones that I made up, I think maybe they could be in the running for a punchline album title. (laughs) So you already got butt rocking. You knew that one. Uh, That was a 1981 Thunderbirds album. So I'm going to give you some more to see if you can tell if it's real or not. Okay, we'll start here. Strange Pleasure.
2: I'm going to say yes. That just feels like an 80s blues rock album title.
0: Well, you're right that it is a real one, but it is not an 80s. It's actually Jimmy Vaughn's 1994 album. Oh, wow.
2: 1994 is way too late to be calling something strange pleasure, I think. (laughs) Uh, How about Tiger Man? So Tiger Man feels like something you would make up, but it also feels too simple for something for you to make up. So I'm going to lean towards that's real.
0: That would be all one word, tig- Tigerman. So it could be Tigerman. And yes, you are correct. It is real. It is a Kim Wilson solo album from 1993. Okay, Tigerman. <laughs> um, how about Customized Woman?
2: I'm gonna say you made that up.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I made that one up. <laughs> All right, you're doing I'm good. starting to get better at this game. You've, we've played enough rounds where I know how your brain works on fake ones. All
0: right. <laughs> All right, I got one. How about Still Tough? Spelled T-U-F-F, of course. Still Tough.
2: All right, so let me ask a follow-up question real quick. Did you include Greatest Hits albums on this?
0: Yes, a- everything is... anything. Okay,
2: then I'm going to say yes. I feel like there is a fabulous Thunderbirds album and that their greatest hits album is called Still Tough, T-U-F-F. You're, you're,
0: you're, you finally missed one. I made that one okay. up.
2: <laughs> I think that's a pretty good album
0: title, though. Still Tough, T-U-F-F.
2: <laughs> Dude, if Punchline puts out an album in 2003, 2004 called Still Tough, number one on Billboard. Yeah. Still I Tough. Ah. <laughs> uh, how about it needs to be a picture of you guys looking as weak and me- meager as you could possibly look? <laughs> How about
0: pedal to the metal?
2: Pedal to the metal, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll say that's so generic, I'll say sure that's real. No, I made that one up. Okay, <laughs> it just you didn't sound make like that one up. The album. world made that one up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about social insecurity?
2: I'm gonna go with real.
0: Nope, I made that one up.
2: <laughs> Damn it, you tricked me with three in a row that you yeah. made up.
0: <laughs> You're doing too good. I we'll got a couple more. How about tickled pink?
2: Tickled pink. You know what? I <laughs> side note whether this is real or not. I could totally see a punchline album called Tickle Pink, yeah. uh, but I'm going to go real. Nope, <laughs> that's fake. Son of a bitch! <laughs> I got you now. Now you, now you got
0: three right and four wrong. You started out so hot. If, it was the, if this was a best of seven, you would have had a 3-0 series lead and lost the series. <laughs> I got a couple more. Um, strong as an ox. I'm going to say real. Nope, that's fake. Dear God. (laughs) Made made that one up. Did you Uh, look up three of them and
2: then just (laughs) made up all
0: the rest? You've missed five in a row now. (laughs) Different Tacos.
2: There's no way that you didn't make that up. Nope, that's a real one. God damn it. That's a
0: 1986 Thunderbirds B-Sides album. Different Tacos. So now you've missed six in a row.
2: Different Tacos. Also, if you had told me that that was one of the things in the running for a Punchline album title, I'd go, all right.
0: <laughs> um how about tougher than ever of course spelled t-u-f-f-e-r
2: tougher than ever now this one i think is legitimately like a greatest hits album
0: for- you are wrong i made that one out. <laughs> seven in a row baby let's keep it going <laughs> all right how about um smoking joint
2: i'll say yes that's real that is real Smoke
0: and Joint is a Kim Wilson solo album from 2001 and uh, we got two more here.
2: I mean I can't win (laughs) this.
0: You've lost lost already. Red Hot Blues.
2: I would say that's real. Nope I made that one up. God damn it.
0: (laughs) And Tough as Nails. Tough spelled T-U-F-F of course.
2: I'm gonna one last time lean into Greatest Hits album.
0: (laughs) No I made that one up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tougher than ever tough as nails and what was the other one still tough <laughs> i made all this up all would Wait, be ne- great great options though
2: i'm curious if the if the fabulous thunderbirds ever even got a uh greatest hits album because now i'm like well what the fuck did well, they call their yeah greatest they, hits album? they do
0: they have greatest hits look up what it is real quick
2: let's see hot stuff the greatest hits
0: that sounds like something i would make up the, the, the Early Birds
2: special. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Tough enough slash powerful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Their album titles are almost as horrendous as the band name <laughs> itself. Yeah. Well,
0: here's what I'll say about the fabulous Thunderbirds. They're good players. They play a style of music I don't listen to. I can't even I can't even think of a single blues artist or band that I that I listen to. You know, it's just not something I'm familiar with. It seems like a style of music that like look, if you're watching Save by the Bell, you know, and Zack and Slater had a band on there and they would play like this style of rock and roll.
2: You know, yes, it's like 100%. It's it's yeah. 80s TV teen drama rock band. It's the same thing with like when the 90210 kids would form a band in the 90s, and you're like, this does not sound like the music that kids of the 90s are playing even a little bit.
0: I mean, it like doesn't rock, but maybe that's the point, is that maybe some would argue that it actually rocks more because it's not trying so hard to rock. You know, it's like, it does rock, but it does. it's not like overdoing it with the distortion, and it's got the blues influence and everybody, everybody can shred for sure. Everybody's good. It's just the direction that they chose. Like if I was from, where are they from? They uh,
2: were uh, Texas. I want to say Austin.
0: Kim, Kim grew up in Galita, California, where he sometimes went by the stage name Galita slim, (laughs) but, (laughs) but yeah, they would be the kind of band. Like if they were from Pittsburgh, and they were popular like 40 years into their career. And then you they'd be like always playing like Pittsburgh rib vests and stuff. And you'd yeah. be like, oh, God, the fabulous Thunderbirds. Like there's bands I feel that w- way about from Pittsburgh, you know. And uh, it's just enough, enough of the Thunderbirds, please, you know. But then you see them and you're like, well, they play their songs good. I mean, I guess they've been around a long time. I just don't like any of their music. That's how I feel about them. Like, yeah. And it's just taste. It's just whatever. Yeah.
2: It's tough, like, because we're about to get to the Thunder Blunder part, and it's like, if I'm going with my personal taste of music, I would say Blunder. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not for me. I'm not going to go out and buy any of their albums. Like, I, I probably will forget most of the existence of this band's discography within a couple minutes. But, like, if we're actually going from, like, were these dudes legitimate musicians who fucking grind it and, like worked hard and if you like this type of music should you be checking out their other albums then it's like a resounding thunder like they they are clearly like as you said a musicians band like if you are a blues fan you probably already own a bunch of their albums and think that they're great but like that is they they are a band for a very specific pocket of music listeners and i'm going to say blunder Ultimately, because like this was just like a one off fluke that the that this band made a song that actually was popular enough to get onto the charts. And I don't think that that was ever really, truly their intention anyway. Like, You know what I mean? Like, I think like, hey, we lucked out with this kind of 80s song that like made it into some shit. But like they never nothing in their story struck me as a band that was like hungry to be this huge radio success like rock group but like seems seems like they would be perfectly happy uh just playing you know like the the bar scenes in Austin Texas and like doing their thing like what they went like what was it like four or five years between record labels where they just like kept on playing live shows and like independently releasing their music because they're just like in it for the for the grind so I'm I'm gonna say it's a blunder but I also am gonna say that if you even kind of like blues music, you should probably actually check out their discography because you'll you'll most likely enjoy it more than I did.
0: Hmm. I'm gonna go the other way and say Absolute Thunder. This is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my life. Tough enough, it gets me psyched, it gets me fired up. Um, I'm gonna go Thunder. I'm gonna say dive into their complete discography. You will not be disappointed. Check out everything. Check out powerful stuff check out "Twist It off check it out wrap it up wrap it up i'll take it wrap it up wrap it up at the store check out their discography get this album it is absolute thunder tough enough one of the greatest songs ever written you serious <laughs> yeah thunder baby
2: <laughs> This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Punchline's cover of Found Out About You off their EP Songs from 94. Be sure to check out Punchline.com for any upcoming news for the band. Our podcast is on Patreon. Find us at patreoncom podcast for early access to episodes bonus episodes, and a chance to vote on future songs that we would cover. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on any podcasting app and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder.